welcome to worship with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service, with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's Word, and by sharing that Word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world. We are honored to share in worship with you today. A mentor of mine once said, we human beings are walking around the face of the earth wanting someone to ask us a good, hard question. A good, hard question, he said, was one that makes the asker of the question a little nervous in the asking and makes the hearer of the question rise up and pay attention and to also think about some of the possibilities that that question, the answer, could mean for their lives. Today, I'm playing around with that question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus, a biblical character from centuries ago, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. Thanks for joining us as we ask this question of what it can mean for us individually and as the church in this episode. So here's an opening prayer that I want to share with you this day. And that is, send your spirit, O God, that we may hear your word. And hearing your word, love your voice. And loving your voice, do your will. Amen.
During the month of October at East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, we have been focusing upon the theme, Feeding Joy, Finding Peace. And we've been talking about what it's been like to have this church uh, here on the street corner for the last 30 years of two busy roads here in Brentwood, Tennessee. And uh, it uh, can't help but to call to mind an encounter that happened centuries ago on another road where Bartimaeus uh, encountered Jesus. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And in this episode, I want to take you through this encounter. Almost like an old Baptist preacher, I want to work the text, taking a line at a time, and to see what this encounter may mean for our own lives uh, this New Testament story is dripping in joy. Uh, Steve Shoemaker, who kind of influenced this sermon, calls it a cameo of Jesus' healing ministry, the gospel in a glance. Uh, Jesus and his disciples uh, were on their way to Jerusalem. It's the last couple days of Jesus' life. The crowd that's following him is growing larger the closer they get to Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus had come into Jericho, a town about 15 miles from Jerusalem. And as Jesus is leaving the city by the road to Jerusalem, uh, he's flanked by his disciples and a great multitude, the text says. No wonder the authorities would be threatened as they, uh, as this multitude accompanied him into Jerusalem. And so picking up the text, here it goes. In verse 46, they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples and a large Crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. I can only guess that Bartimaeus must have heard the buzz of the crowd, who it was that was about to pass by. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, the text says in verse 47, Bartimaeus began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The man's cry, the basis of the most famous prayer in Eastern Orthodox spirituality, known as the Jesus Prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The crowd, however, had no interest in this man's need, and many sternly ordered him to be quiet. Had they grown tired of the man's presence, his incessant Neediness? Had they grown blind to him? Because, you know, we, we know what it's like to become blind to the poor around us. We turn our eyes. We know what it's like to come to that street corner with the guy with the sign at the stoplight and to become suddenly very interested in looking down at our smartphone. Every day that I leave here from, I take I-65 and I take the Harding uh, Road exit and uh, there is invariably somebody there to greet me wanting some assistance and I look down at my smartphone. Maybe you do as well. Uh, verse 48, but he cried out even more loudly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then the story turns with these next three words. Quote, unquote, Jesus stood still and said, call him here. Jesus was headed to his appointment with the powers that be in Jerusalem, but he stops. He could have kept right on going, but the text says Jesus stopped. Sometimes we need to stop and notice what is occurring around us. 
This is what the slowdown that happened for many of us in 2020 gave us, a chance to slow down, even stop, and pay attention for what was happening around us. Call him here. And the disciples called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. Rise, take heart, he's calling you. These words are at the heart of the church's evangelical message. I use the word evangelical here, not as the pollster would to talk about a social demographic. I use this word evangelical here not to sort of say, well, that is the right of the church, and it's mainly the white male Republicans. I'm not using evangelical in that way. I'm using evangelical in the classic way that the Greek does. Good news. Share our good news. And, and so what more joyful words can we, the church, say to the person, to a person? What hope is in these words, the mission of the good news of God and Christ, which comes in these words, rise, take heart, he is calling you. At our own church, uh, I think our mission has reflected this. Rise, take heart, he's calling you. Our mission, central in our articulation, of it was this notion of invite, of, of acceptance, accepting who we are as children of God, accepting others for who they are, comforting the least, professing grace towards all, uh, connecting people to God and to each other and equipping for compassionate service. And through acceptance and our compassionate service, w- what happens is when we take that seriously, we are bringing people into the vicinity of Jesus where healing and wholeness can happen Rise, take heart, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, Bartimaeus sprang up and came to Jesus. And I wonder, did Bartimaeus blind follow the sound of Jesus' voice to him? As we all are blind ourselves in our own ways, We followed the sound of his voice leading us to him. There was a prayer that I started the service with. It's a prayer no matter what time of day or what hour to say. And it is, send your spirit, O God, that we may hear your word. And hearing your voice, and hearing your word, love your voice. And loving your voice, do your will. Hearing your word, love your voice, and loving your voice to do your will. So we come to Christ because in some way we hear his word and we love his voice. I also wonder, was Bartimaeus guided by the hand? After all, none of us come to Jesus alone. We are helped How many people have been shown to Christ through another person? It's been the case in my life. I can name, rattle off the names of people. Or as we celebrate in the anniversary of this church's existence here on the street corner, I think of all the people who have walked alongside people in good times and bad, leading them by the hand if need be. I don't just wonder about whether or not Bartimaeus heard the voice of Jesus or, or if somebody 
else showed Bartimaeus the way to Jesus. Uh, but, but I'm really thankful for the guide that Bartimaeus can be to us as an example for us. And it strikes me that Bartimaeus had enough faith in Jesus that he risked believing that Jesus was calling for him. Even when the message came from the same people who moments earlier had tried to shush him and to squash him and say, shh, be quiet. In other words, it was God he was listening to, not the crowd. So I thank Bartimaeus for being a guide for us here. Thanks be to God for Bartimaeus, his expectant faith, who threw off his cloak, which I can't help but to think must have acted as a fabric basket to collect the coins he needed to survive. I find that when I'm talking to people these days, so many people want so much of service to come to them. But here is Bartimaeus who I think is expected and say, I'm doing what I need to to come to you. Because he knows he's worthy of Jesus' time, even if the world does not. A sign that his self-image and self-esteem come from God and not other human beings. Bartimaeus knows better than most how important it is to take care of one another because he has had to learn to survive on charity. And all the while, he hasn't given up the possibility that his life could be different. So thanks be to Bartimaeus, who expectantly hearing Jesus' voice springs up. And then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Like I said, a a mentor had said to me, we're all walking around on this face of the earth waiting for someone to ask us a good question. (laughs) This is a good question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked the simple but disarming question, a question which calls for the deepest response we know to give. What do you want me to do for you? And and we need to claim our need, but I have found in this time so many of us find it hard to express, even know what our need is. And I think it would be a compelling spiritual exercise for us to imagine Jesus coming to each of us and asking this question and to sit still with this question for a little while. And this Blind man, this Bartimaeus, knew the one thing he really needed and said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Let me see again. And so here's my question to you. How would you answer that question? Perhaps for you it is for Jesus to help you see better. I mean, after all, in a murky and unsettled time, what might we gain gain with improved sight. Through Christ's mercy, perhaps we could receive the vision to notice blessings, detect God's presence, discern the spirit, to discern the Spirit's movements more clearly in your life, distinguish between truths and falsehoods, or to perceive the paths of justice and righteousness. Lord, let me see more clearly so that I can follow you more nearly. And yeah, it would be a compelling spiritual exercise for us to imagine Jesus coming to us and asking, what do you want me to do for you? It's a great question also for a church to consider. 
What do you want me to do for you? If a church took time to answer that question, Steve Shoemaker said, it might change a church. So in this season when East Brentwood is celebrating 30 years at the corner of these two very busy roads, and as we look to the future, what if Jesus stopped by and came to our door and asked, what do you want me to do for you? And if you happen to be listening to this and you're part of another church, I think it's an interesting exercise for you to ask for your own faith community, what do you want Jesus to do for your faith community? I think that's what's happening right now as we try to take stock of where we are. You know, only last year when we had to suddenly shut down here at East Brentwood, we were not that different from Bartimaeus, begging for anything which might help us survive another day. And at this time in 2021, we can keep with that practice of just begging for anything which might help us to survive another day. But I think there's a possibility of something so much more. So we played around with that at East Brentwood Presbyterian Church. But now let's get back to your life. Because in verse 52, Jesus says to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight, the text says, and followed him on the way. Your faith has made you well, Jesus said to the man. And I know we all worry. I do. We worry, do I have enough? Do we have enough? Whatever it may be. But in this case, do I have enough faith? And Jesus said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, in Matthew 17, it will be enough. You know from your children's lessons, if you attend a church, that the mustard seed is mighty tiny. All we need to do is crack the door. Sometimes Jesus' very presence cracks the door. Maybe Jesus is cracking the door in your life right now. And if so, rise, take heart. He's calling you. That's pretty exciting. Amen.
God, Creator God, we come to you. May we be open to the questions that are out there that you may be asking of us. And help us find our way into the answer. And help us, we as a community of people, what Martin Luther King called the beloved community, help us in this time in which there are many competing voices to seek to be attentive to your voice. And then in hearing your voice, be attentive to our actions that we may build one another up. We give thanks for all the ways that we see that happening already of building each other up. For friends that encourage us, for grandmothers and parents that sought our well-being, for friends that walk through long, hard nights with us, and for communities where they can point to love. However, not everything we do build each other up. You know this better than any of us, oh God. And so we acknowledge we have pockets packed with negativity and excuses. We have hands full of assumptions. We have ears crowded with distractions where we cannot hear your voice. We have arms clinging to scarcity. And we know that we are holding on to much more than what is useful for building up. So help us to drop it all and give us the wisdom to pick up and carry only what is good, only what is useful. Restore our ability this day to dream with unbridled imagination and strengthen our steadfast love and perseverance to help make that dream come true. For God, you are a God that builds up. This day, may we long to build with you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, EBPC videos. Thank you.